Hey there, I'm wellness coach Lisa Lounsbury, and you're tuned into Your Wellness. In today's episode, I have a cool chat with Julia Wooster, who is a certified hypnotist from London, Ontario, Canada. We talked about how hypnosis has helped people stop habits they don't like by working with their unconscious mind. Julia shared some neat stuff about how hypnosis works and why it might not always do what we want. She even told us about her own experience as a nail biter and how hypnosis actually helped her stop biting her nails. We also talked about how hypnosis can be super helpful for folks who want to quit smoking. Julia has some awesome stories about people she's helped with hypnosis to quit smoking for good. So if you're curious about hypnosis, how it works, and how it can make big changes in your life, this episode of Your Wellness is for you. I'm Lisa Lounsbury, and I hope you enjoy our chat about hypnosis and how it can make your life better. Hi, and I'm excited to introduce my next guest. Today, we have Julia Wooster, who is a certified hypnotist, and she's coming to us from London, Ontario, Canada. And Julia has some really riveting stories about her work as a hypnotist, where she works with entrepreneurs to help them release self-doubt overcome obstacles, and even unleash creativity and enhance focus, things that I never thought would be part of of that work. And then she also works with people who are looking to stop some habits like nail biting, hair pulling, and smoking. So a very exciting topic. So welcome to the show, Julia. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Now, Julia, thank you for being here. And tell me why you got started in this field in the first place. Well, you mentioned nail biting. That's kind of how I got started in the field. Um, I was a nail biter for a long time, like till I was 49 years old. Kind of embarrassing to admit, but I'm not going to be 50 and be a nail biter anymore. I'm going to finally kick this habit. And so I was trying to think, okay, I've tried all, I've tried everything over the years. Okay, you know what? How about hypnosis? And so I found a hypnotist where I was living and made an appointment with her. And I think we had two, three sessions and I stopped biting my nails which was phenomenal. It's so great to be able to enjoy manicures and things and like regular people. <laughs> and so, yeah, so she helped me stop biting my nails. And uh, I was um, just so blown away by it. And if you add that to the fact that I was doing admin work and I wasn't happy with what I was doing, I was good at it, but I hated it. And I was looking for something else to do with the next chapter of my life. And so, wow, hypnosis is really cool. So I'm going to explore that. And a couple of years later, I took my training with the National Daily Hypnosis Training Program. And that was in 2013. And I've been loving it ever since. You know, a bad day doing hypnosis is better than a good year as a secretary and a minister. <laughs> well, I'm glad you found your calling for sure. Um, did anything else work for the nail biting? You said um, you had been a nail biter for quite some time. Had you tried other methods? Oh man, yeah. I tried methods. My parents uh, tried to, well, my father tried to scare me into it. He had a friend who lost the tips of his fingers in a, I think in a farming accident or something. And his name was Vaughn. And my father used to always say, you know, keep biting your nails. Your, your fingers going to grip over your top of your nails and your hands are going to look like Vaughn's. Even that wasn't enough to scare me. Right. The only right. time I could stop biting my nails is because I wanted to get a new job. Oh. And because when I was taking secretarial training, it was it was called secretarial back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, we were it was always you know impressed upon us when you're looking for a job, you've got to be presentable. Your hair's got to look good. Your makeup's got to look good. You've got to dress well, and your hands have to look good. 
Mm -hmm. So if I decided I needed a new job or wanted a new job, I could stop biting my nails long enough to get the job because my desire for that job was stronger than my desire to bite my nails. Interesting. But as soon as I got that job and relaxed into the job and, you know, chugging along happily, I started biting my nails again. So I tried, um, my parents tried stuff. I tried that bitter polish you put on them. Didn't right. work. I just worked. I just overcame that. Um, acrylic nails, acrylic tips. Um, I want spit off a set of acrylic tips. That's how hardcore I was. Oh, wow. And here's a really scary story about acrylic tips. Back in the 90s, we went down to San Antonio, Texas for a vacation. And I had a set of tips put on. My nails were very short. Two of my nails were bitten so short. At one point, I almost had no nails. And so I went to the, my nail salon, got a set of tips put on. And a few days later, I'm in the hotel pool in San Antonio. And one of the tips came off. I thought, oh, crap, you know, okay, I've got to find a place to get this replaced. So I went to a nail salon in San Antonio, and the technician took one look at that finger and said, I'm not putting a tip on this. I said, what do you mean you're not putting a tip on it? Please put a tip on it. She says, no, your nail is too short to put a tip on it. You could get an infection. And I thought, hmm. in Toronto, they didn't really seem to think my nails were too short to put a tip on. In San Antonio, they do. There's something wrong here. And that was probably maybe going on close to 10 years before I decided, 10, 15 years before I actually made the decision to quit, to quit biting my nails. And so, but then I came back and okay, I had the tips taken off and I just kept biting my nails. So I tried the nail polish. I would try putting band-aids on my nails. Mm. You name it, whatever you see on the list of things you do to stop biting your nails. I tried it and failed. So... So then let's talk about how hypnosis works then. If all of the things haven't worked, how does this, how, how do you get such great outcomes? Okay. It kind of goes back to that desire. Remember when I mentioned that if I was looking for a job, I could stop biting mm -hmm. my nails. Mm -hmm. Okay. My subconscious, my desire for that job was stronger than my desire to bite my nails. The reasons I wanted a new job was stronger than the reason why I wanted to bite my nails. And both of those reasons are stored in your inner mind or your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind does not like to make change. And everything you've ever experienced is stored there, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because everything we do, our behaviors, our feelings, our beliefs, they're all learned experiences that we experience in our throughout our life. And they get stored there, good or bad. And that's what causes, informs our behaviors, our feelings, our thoughts, and our beliefs. The thing about the subconscious is that it does not like to make change. It has this programming. It likes to stick to it. Another thing about the subconscious mind is it believes everything is real. Your conscious mind is where willpower lives. And it, it knows that not everything is real. It's critical. It, you know, it questions things. It, it's what causes you to make your decisions. The phone rings. You look at the call display. Should I answer it or not? Okay. No, I'm not answering it. That's a conscious decision. And so everything is stored there. And this, as I said, it doesn't like to make change. And so, you know, I could say, I'm going to stop biting my nails cold turkey, or you can say you're going to stop smoking cold turkey. And that might work for a little bit, but then something might happen to activate the reason stored in your subconscious why you bite your nails or why you smoke. And then you'll go back to that behavior. And so, 
there's another part of the mind in between that's kind of I call it a gatekeeper. It's kind of called it's called the critical critical factor. And so if someone makes the decision, I'm gonna stop let's use nail biting, biting my nails, that's made consciously. The critical factor will check in with the subconscious and say, Julia wants to stop biting her nails. Can we let that thought in? The subconscious mind will say, well, I'm checking my programming here and Julia needs to bite her nails for this reason, this reason, and this reason. So no, we're not going to stop biting the nails. We're going to reject that suggestion. When we, when someone goes into hypnosis, you go into a state of focused attention, you're relaxed, you just, you kind of go into a zone and we bypass the critical factors that we tell to get lost while we're doing the work. And when that critical factor is not there to check in with the subconscious and give it a chance to say no. And, and if the change is something the person really wants to make, and that's important because if someone doesn't want to do something, really doesn't want to do it, it's not going to work. But if they really want to do it and we bypass that critical factor, that change should go in and change that inner programming. You know, just like putting a hot knife through a piece of butter, it just slide right in there and make that change. Doesn't it's not it doesn't happen. It may not happen in the first session. Um, it often takes you know between three and six sessions for results, but the change can happen. So it's good so to know. So yeah, so it's good to know that it sounds like any behavior, if you're willing and you want it to change, hypnosis could work. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So let, so let's bring the, the discussion to smoking because this is a hot topic with a lot of people because a lot of people want to quit smoking, but they're they're just not successful or they return to the habit after, you know, after a couple of weeks, couple of months, couple of years. So how so is the same process when someone wants to quit smoking? Absolutely. We just change that inner programming. You know, think of your subconscious mind like a computer database or like a file manager in your computer. You know, the file might need an update. You know, the reasons why someone starts smoking or someone starts biting their nails, for example, those happened years ago. The initial reason why, like if you ask any smoker, the majority of them, why they started, the majority of them are probably going to say, I didn't fit in with the kids at school. Mm -hmm. That's probably the most typical reason why people start smoking. And nail biting could be for a number of different reasons. I know, I, I think I know why I started, but I'm not going to go into it because it's very personal. Mm -hmm. Biting my nails, that is. Um, smoking, well, just was to keep up with the people around me. I know that. Um, so yeah, so the reasons why you may have started, started a behavior or a habit or whatever, or formed a belief, may have been valid 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. But they're not valid now, but your subconscious mind doesn't really understand that. It, it's it's still working on that old programming. So it's like it's like opening up a word file with a typo in it, making the change and saving it. So if someone more so if someone um is skeptical about hypnosis, they want to quit smoking, but they're skeptical and they come to you saying, Well, I'll try this. You know, my friend told me to come see a hypnotist. Uh, I want to quit, but you know, I don't think it's gonna work. What happens then? Okay, my first question is going to be. Do you really want to quit smoking? Can you can you look at that cigarette and say, I don't like you and I don't want you in my life? You know, do you really want to quit? Okay, you're okay, you're skeptical, sure. But skeptical also can mean you have a bit of an open mind. 
if you're if you absolutely don't believe in it, that's one thing. Skeptical, you're open to ideas. And so I would have that conversation. Okay, here's what hypnosis is. Here's how it works. Um, I'm not going to make you bark like a dog or bark like a chicken or do anything silly because I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. Hypno hypnosis depends on you because the reality is that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. I just guide you into hypnosis. And so once they get the information, then I can say, okay, now what do you think? And oh, and here's the other important question. Are you asking me about this because are you doing this for you? Or are you doing this because somebody else wants you to do it? So is this a and, one time, is this a one time session or are there a subsequent session? You talked about self-hypnosis. Um, to do the work, um, hypnosis, hypnosis is very rarely a one and done thing. Um, as I said earlier, some, sometimes it can take one, sometimes one session is all, all people need and bam, they're done. Other times it could take two, three, four, maybe six sessions. Um, I had someone once with a very serious issue that not a lot of people have. And I think we went to 12 sessions. Mm. But not that is highly, highly unusual. Usually within three to six sessions, people can resolve an issue. And what's the difference between meditating and self-hypnosis? Because it sounds to me there's a little bit of a, an overlap. Maybe you can explain it. Um, there's a little bit of overlap. Hypnosis or meditation, and I'm not a meditation expert, so take what I'm saying with a grin for what it is, for, based sure. on my knowledge. Yeah. Um, meditation, to my understanding, is it's like kind of a, a relaxed state. You're not really focusing on an outcome. You're just focusing on relaxing or, you know, whether it's meditation where you're just sitting, breathing, focusing on your breath, or if it's a guided meditation, but you're not, I don't think, and as I said, a meditation expert can probably say I'm saying this wrong, and I may be, but my understanding is it's kind of just a relaxed, focused state where you're not really focusing on achieving something. Right. In hypnosis, you're, you're working to achieve an outcome. I've heard people say hypnosis, hypnosis is like meditation with a goal. Hypnosis is like meditation with a goal. That just makes a lot of sense. That makes it simple. And you did describe meditation pretty accurately. So, so I like the, I like understanding the difference. Um, when we were talking before this interview, you shared a story about how your father uh, quit smoking. I found that fascinating. Can you talk about that one? Yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a testament to the power of the mind and the subconscious mind. And you know, change can happen in two ways. You can go in and use hypnosis and kind of gently make a change sometimes people can be shocked into a change like my dad he was a smoker and I think I was nine or ten I can't remember now but it was one night he was watching tv and there was he was smoking a cigarette while I was watching it sitting in the corner watching his tv you know and there was a he was watching a documentary or a program about smoking and what it does to the body and uh, my and like I said, I was in bed, so I wasn't watching it with them. But my what I was told is that he walked, he saw an image of a smoker's lungs flash up on the screen, and it must have scared the crap out of him because he put a cigarette down, and never, and I'm told he never touched a cigarette again. Wow. And so I've, I've, you know, you've, you hear stories of people looking at their cigarette packages and seeing that, you know, those horrible images and things on television that it doesn't work for them, but it did for your father. Is there any reason why there is a difference there? 
honestly, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, like so a psychiatrist. I can't answer that question. The only thing I can say is that it scared him. Yeah, scared him enough. Yeah. So can you uh, administer hypnosis virtually or do, does someone have to be in person to do this? No, I can do it virtually. I love doing it virtually. I've worked with clients from California to Germany. Awesome. Awesome. Are you seeing a trend of reasons why people are coming to see you or is it all over the map? Um, kind of all over the map. The, there's kind of the general typical ones like um, smoking is a big one. Weight loss is a big one. Mm. Um, I see a lot of nail biters. Um, mainly, I think because and I think that's what that's why I got into it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what the universe is sending me. Um, but yeah, I worked with a, quite a few nail biters. I I worked with um, a couple of people for hair pulling. That was incredible seeing the outcome. I mean, I ran into my client where she was working one day and said, hey, how's it going? And she said, oh, great. And she said, look at my hair. I had one lady a couple of years ago that I worked with Bertha. She's about two hours uh, east, west of me. And this was a really cool story. Um, she had had a had a condition called nodular perigo, which was a condition that caused all these little bumps on her skin. And she had it for six years, and she was she was scratching at her skin, so she had all the scarring. And she was getting laser treatment for the scarring. And she reached out to me about hypnosis to deal with the habit, because her doctor told her the only way I can stop you from picking at your skin is with both of your hands and cats. And so she she didn't like that idea, obviously, and she called me and we did the first session on a Saturday afternoon. We did it online and we did a session the following Saturday. And her first words were, where have you been for the last six years? And she started crying because she hadn't touched her face to pick out her skin all week. Wow. I started crying. That was like phenomenal. I thought. My God, I'm so happy for you. That's so great. For sure, for sure. So that was that one we resolved in two sessions, which was phenomenal. Do you think it's because she was so ready? She was so trusting. Did she trust you and trust the process, or what was the 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 golden ticket for that one? Um, I'm guessing she trusted me. She must have trusted the process because she was just so open and ready. That's the thing. Like I never let a I never let a new client just book a session and send me an e-transfer and pay me out for that. Um, I get emails all the time saying, I want to book a session. I write back and say, I'm sorry, but my process is I want to have a conversation with you first. I want to meet you on the phone or online, talk about the issue, talk about what's going on with you, find out how committed you are. So I always have that conversation first. And it's for them and for me, for them to get to know me, for them to get a feel for me, for them to trust me. And for me to determine, are they ready? And do I feel comfortable taking them on as a client? Because it has to be a two-way street. For sure. It, it reminds me of perhaps a relationship with a therapist where not all therapists and clients have the right the right connection. And, and it doesn't mean that it's not going to work. It just might mean that there's something just not connecting with that particular client. Or is it similar to that? I think so. I mean, I've heard other people just say, well, I don't care if my clients like me or trust me or whatever. I don't really care about that, but I do. I mean, I want to feel a connection with my client. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want them to be my best friend. I don't want them, I, I don't want yeah. to be their best friend. I don't want them to be my best friend, but there's got to be a mutual trust there. 
I would think also, yeah, that and that trust would be important if someone is coming to you with maybe some trauma or something that they might have buried there. They have some fears because they're being very vulnerable with you. Is that another uh, another concern? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always tell my clients, listen, there's no judgment here. There's a box of pins beside the chair if you're here. Excuse me. And um, nothing leaves this room. Right. Uh, I'd like you to t- talk about that story you shared with me about a woman you you um you got her to quit smoking for work or so for surgery, and then yeah, she started to resmoke. Cool. Yeah, share that story. That's a cool one. Yeah, well, this kind of goes to motivation. Talks about motivation and desire to do something. This woman um, needed to have a knee replacement, her knee replaced. Her doctor said, "Sure, I can do the knee. I can do the operation, but I'm not going to do it if you're smoking." And so she reached out. We booked, we did a couple of sessions. She quit smoking and she got her knee replaced. Fast forward a couple of years and she's calling me again. And she said, I'm really embarrassed because I started smoking again. And I called this other hypnotist that I didn't want. I felt too bad to call you back. Um, And he came to my house and it didn't work. My dog didn't like him. And he left my apartment and I went to the balcony and lit a cigarette. Mm. So I'm calling you. I said, well, come on, get on in here. And I didn't charge her for the coming back a couple of times. And um, we, I think we did two more sessions. And that was about two years ago. It was just, I think it was at the point when you could actually see people in office, like with COVID, it was, it was when the point when it was okay to come in. And um, that was like two year, two years ago now. I can't remember. I have to look at my notes. And um, I saw her a few months ago at the dog groomers and I said, hey, how's it going? Still not smoking? She's, yeah, I'm still not smoking. You can't, you will not believe how much money I'm saving. And what do you think uh, triggered her to start smoking again? I have no idea. Um, I wonder if, you know, it's kind of like the facts are doing things for the right reasons when you hear that cliche. I think the initial reason she came to me was because she wanted that operation and she didn't really deal with the the reasons why she was smoking. She just, she was focused. I need that operation. So I'm going to stop smoking. And so that was what we did. That's what she did. Um, And and that that happens a lot, a lot of, a lot of, uh, especially I find smokers, especially even nail biters, um, like, speak to myself on that one but sometimes something something may happen to re you know kind of bring up the reasons why they started smoking in the first place and kind of reopen that I don't know and again I'm not as as I said I can't speak to someone's psyche because I'm not I'm not a trained medical you know mental health professional Mm -hmm. I'm a certified there's a difference Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I try to stay in my lane figuring out why someone does something is really above my pay grade Right, 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 right. But I'm glad that it it works. And it sounds like you've repeated this over and over again. It sounds like when someone is ready and and trusts, then they are going to be more successful. Absolutely. They well, have to want to do it. Well, that, that also gives people hope when they when they think that there's no other no other method. I've tried everything. And I think our our listeners might be thinking, oh, well, maybe there is hope. And if they really want to trust that they have to have the mind, the body, the spirit all ready for this experience, that they might be successful this time. What do you think? Absolutely. You have to be all in and ready. 
I'll tell you another uh, cute story, interesting story. I had a lady call me because every December I always get the phone call. Do you sell gift certificates? The answer is no, because giving you know I, giving someone a gift certificate smoking with hypnosis or whatever reason. Um, I always say, you know what? If I gave someone a gift certificate and they chose not to use it, you'd be out money and mm-hmm. you feel bad, they feel bad, and that's not really the idea of giving a gift. I had a lady call me one day and she was quite young and she said, I want to get my boyfriend a gift certificate for Christmas. And I said, okay, here's a better idea. I don't like doing this and here's why. What I would suggest you do is book a consultation for him. They were local to me here in London. Book the consultation, schedule out time, print out the appointment, the appointment uh, confirmation, wrap that up and put it in a Christmas card for him and say, honey, I, this is a this is a gift certificate. This is a I want to take you for a consultation with Julia to see about discuss quitting smoking, and so give him that in a card and then buy him something really nice. And you know they came in a month like in January and we had a conversation and he wasn't ready to quit smoking, and so they left happy. She left happy because she didn't blow any money, mm. waste any money, and he left happy that she cared enough that talk to him to have that discussion with them and come with them for the consultation and so I mean everybody was happy I mean would I love to have gotten paid to help this guy quit smoking sure but I only want to do that if he if he was ready if I could help him because I don't want to take people's money if it's not going to if they're not going to be successful yeah absolutely it's kind of like the stages of change model that I use when I'm coaching individuals if they're not willing if they're not ready for that change, no amount of coaching or hypnotism is going to work. So that makes sense to me. So hopefully you planted the seed and he's like, okay, well, clearly someone cares enough about my health that I'm going to maybe think about this and come back. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, um, something you mentioned self-hypnosis earlier. I didn't, I, and I, I was going to say something then, but I didn't. Um, in the process I use in the first session, we program in a couple of trigger words or keywords. Mm-hmm. And those are those are keywords that the client can use to do their own self-hypnosis. And I also use those keywords to take them to help hypnosis in future sessions. And how that self, how the self-hypnosis process works is they kind of set their intention and then we work with the super conscious mind or the higher mind. So they set their intention, they answer what they want their mind to work on for them. Then they use their keywords to go into hypnosis. And it's something they can do in it's something I require them to do in between sessions because it's their homework or home play right um i had one client he used to get on a paddleboard in the river and do self-hypnosis which i don't recommend people do but this guy used to do transcendental meditation so he's he was pretty in touch with with that but i often tell clients you know what when you go into hypnosis check set the intention that you want to stay in for 10 minutes and um, look at the clock when you start and look at the clock when you open your eyes. You must be very surprised. How fast it goes by. Yeah, and how, they're, how they can say, okay, superconscious mind, please still take me to hypnosis and let emerge me in 10 minutes. And okay. sometimes they're pretty close to that 10 minutes. Oh, that's very cool. The brain and the mind, eh? It's such a fascinating, fascinating thing oh, that we have. I love well, it. 
we could talk about this for a really long time, Julia. Oh, yeah. we'll, leave it, we'll leave it at that. And I really hope our listeners have really um, had a better or a deeper understanding of the process and trusting it. And maybe they're struggling with, and it doesn't have to be smoking. It could be just fears, eh? Fears, or if you're entering a new career or a new stage in your life and you need some guidance or support. Oh, yeah. It's things like confidence um, and imposter syndrome, mm. you know, just um patience you know mm -hmm. anger management you know reducing your alcohol consumption it can help with so many things fascinating well we will have to talk about this again some more but for now thank you julia for joining me on my podcast and uh, keep changing lives thank you so much it was so great meeting you lisa thanks for having me you're have welcome you're welcome Thanks for listening to another episode of Your Wellness. I hope you enjoyed this discussion and look forward to more inspiring and empowering interviews all about your wellness. Should you have an idea for a podcast or a comment, please reach me at lisa at newdaywellness.ca. Thanks and have a healthy day.